Welcome to episode three of Watch Responsibly. Uh, today's episode we'll be talking about Dunkirk, um, which is directed by Christopher Nolan, made in 2017. Uh, let's talk about the synopsis of the film. Um, found this synopsis on IMDb, uh, the International Movie Database, my favorite place to be at all times. I have the app. <coughs> I'm going to apologize in advance. I'm getting over a week-long coughing cold. I'm probably going to cough a couple times. I'll try to not, but if I sound a little different, by me, I mean Brie. <laughs> not to be confused with me, as in Alyssa, as in my voice always sounds like this, and I do apologize. <laughs> but like I said, today we're going to discuss Dunkirk, the third movie in our World War II series for Watch Responsibly. Um, this movie is about the evacuation of Allied soldiers from the British Empire and France who were cut off and surrounded by the German army from the beaches and harbor of Dunkirk, France, between May 26th through June 4th, 1940, during the Battle of France in World War II. Thanks, IMDb. User, Harvey. Thanks, Harvey. <laughs> There's somebody on here. <laughs> Written by Dick Nolan. <laughs> That's me. I'm it's Dick Nolan. D-I-K. <laughs> Dick Nolan, check it out. <laughs> okay. This is going to be hard, dude. <coughs> okay. So, do you have the characters written? Yep. <coughs> you want to talk about them? Yeah, so... <coughs> so, the... When I write down the characters, yeah. um, I write them down as I see important. Not that they're more or less important than other characters, but yeah. I don't. I'm really bad with names. Like they have a continued story. You see them in more than one scene. Right, but I'm so bad with names yeah. that I, if I am like, oh, I should probably remember that person. Then I pause the movie. Yeah. Write down their name and then I look it up on IMDb. Um, my username is Dick. <laughs> <laughs> So when I'm not writing um, synopsises for Dunkirk, (laughs) um, I'm usually looking at characters. Um, So Farrier, he was the pilot character. Um, That was Tom Hardy. George, the young man on the pleasure yacht, was played by Barry... I think... Uh, Barry Kay. <laughs> Keoghan, probably. Barry Coggan. Um, <laughs> sure. Tommy was played by Fionn Whitehead, who also um, was in the Bandersnatch movie. Oh. The Black Mirror Bandersnatch film. I haven't seen that. Highly recommend it. Um, it's the Black Mirror Choose Your Own Adventure mm, style movie that ruins your entire life. I read books like that as a kid. Watch the movie. Oh, okay. because it's you're not gonna ever. Well, I haven't be a seen. I haven't seen Black Mirror at all. So should the I? Mean, watch? shouldn't watch. The yeah, movie. <laughs> because knowing you, your whole life's gonna be wrecked, and you won't want to leave the house anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Um, and then Alex, um, who runs around with Tommy after about halfway through the movie, yeah. um, is played by the one and only Harry Styles. Um, later, I also wrote down that Killian Murphy plays. The um, soldier that I don't know if he ever had a name. So yeah, on IMDb, he's his character name is Shivering Soldier. 
Well, that's also, I, so I kind of giggle at that now, but then when I was listening, I'm super nerd, uh-huh. um, so I love listening to the score from the movie. That is mm-hmm. one of the tracks oh. that Hans Zimmer actually named. That's oh. one of the names of the tracks. Um, it's Shivering Soldier. Okay. So he gets his own little jam. Oh, that's cool. And it's I the, that makes sense because his characters. He is pretty shivering. Well, <laughs> and he's also a soldier. <laughs> well, besides that, his character is very. Uh, doesn't have a lot of dialogue. It very symbolic, like, though. But I, I feel like, considering his part is so like, that just that one part of that movie. Yeah. And it's so very impactful. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There that's we what go. I'm um, did I miss anyone? I had Mark Rylance as Mr. Dawson, Jack Loudon as Collins, which I love Jack Loudon, so I had to put... I looked him up bro. later, I was like, who the heck is this young man? Yeah. Because he was such a handsome young man. I agree. Very <laughs> handsome. So I'm glad that we featured him. <laughs> um, Kenneth Brunel, um, I believe I'm saying that right, I apologize if not, he's, <laughs> he is uh, Commander Bolton. On he, the mall. Yeah, he yeah. was the director and star of the one movie uh, with the train, the Orient Express, Murder on the Orient Mor- Express. Oh. The guy with the weird mustache. I've never seen that. But you know what I'm talking about, right? I'm aware of yeah. the movie, yeah. He starred and directed, which, huh. you know, is interesting. The movie's not bad. Uh, um, I wanted to read the book first. That's valid. Thank you. But I will never read the book. So you're never going to see the movie. <sighs> this I'm, is why I got a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not that type of person that feels that it is ruined for me. Oh, no, I don't think it's ruined. I yeah. just, I'm really bad at watching movies. Like, as yeah. a like, person who know. just enjoys watching movies, I'm like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like to take someone else with me, so that then I can ask all the questions later. That's bad. But if I read the book first, then I'm um, like, at least I'm going in with some prior knowledge. Yeah. I like, now, oh, sorry. I like to be su- surprised, so I really don't care. I'll just go see whatever. Because I, I don't like, I mean, I like watching trailers, but I'll just, somebody will invite me to a movie, or I'll see a movie at a local theater, and it'll be some random obscure thing, and I'm like, oh no, see what happens. See, and anytime you invite me to a movie, mm-hmm. I that's the way I am. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. If Brie likes it, I'll like it. <laughs> just trust me at this point. <laughs> yep. But speaking of prior knowledge, my prior knowledge about the events at Dunkirk mm-hmm. um, in actual real life history, IRL, yeah, I had zero idea. I didn't oh. know what Dunkirk was. I didn't know that this happened. I had no idea where the English Channel was, <laughs> if well, we're being honest. Well, when was... <laughs> we're from America, if you can't tell. Landlocked America. Doesn't excuse us. It's a joke. Um <laughs> She's making jokes, you guys. <coughs> so this came out in 20, summer of 2017. When did you see it first? Um, How did you see it? So it came out in July. Yeah. Um, and I know that because I had been counting down. I just said it. <laughs> you said summer. I said July. I said July. Nope, you said summer. Oh, all right. I believe you. I'm, stu- <laughs> I'm stupid, so that's fine. <laughs> I'm also an idiot. So... <laughs> um, so I remember seeing the trailer for this, mm-hmm. and I was like, nothing in this life or the next is going to stop me from watching this movie. Yeah. I was so excited, and because I love Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. but I also love history and films. Um, and I was super into One Direction at the time, <laughs> so I was like, Harry Styles! So- <laughs> <laughs> One of us had to, please don't do that. One of us had to be... Into One Direction. Hello. And it wasn't going to be me. It was yeah. 
I'll take it. <laughs> um, so I remember going up to my mom and my dad and being like, I need one of you guys to go see this movie with me um, because I think that we're all really going to like it. And so we went and saw it that weekend. Mm-hmm. And I don't do that because, well, yeah. specifically because my dad doesn't like other people. <laughs> and he got really upset at all the people that were there. So it was still mm. kind of a flop for him. Yeah. But we, I, I remember watching it and my whole world was changed. Not yeah. even joking. Like, no exaggeration. <clears throat> it's funny that you mention him not liking other people at movies because for a lot of people, going to a, people forget that like going to a movie at a theater is for the experience of seeing it with other people and the reactions and, and whatnot. But I also do not like seeing modern movies, like new movies, with people. Like, mm-hmm. I always go, you know, the last weekend it's out. I know it's going to be empty. I specifically go to the theater where I can pick my seats away from people. I'm the same way. And, but... I also think that's just because I'm very picky and I'm yeah. a loud breather <laughs> and I'm also like nobody's allowed to look at me I don't want to look at you you shouldn't look at me but also right but also like with our local historical theater I'll be like I'll be like oh I've seen that movie before but I have to go see it at the theater to experience it with other people because mm-hmm. I know that it's good on its own by myself so maybe I just want to know what other people think and how that changes my mm-hmm. Opinion, opinion on it. Which and is, I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going so that then I can experience the movie completely differently. Yeah. Visually and with like all the effects and everything and the sound. Mm-hmm. If I could watch every movie ever in a theater by myself, I'd be cool with that. Yeah. Because that to me is enough of a difference from yeah. my like very tiny TV at my yeah, house. With my laptop. Terrible, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my laptop in the middle of a Panera. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, but I, I mean, I do kind of wish that theaters were more open to, like, talking during movies. Yeah. Like, Especially, like, when we go, we yeah. do, we chat throughout the movie. We're yeah. not, like, screaming, obviously, because no. that's rude. We always sit away from people. That way nobody is disturbed. <sighs> right, 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 right. Right. But I, like... Alyssa might have questions for me, or like I, I might. I always point out weird shots and like yeah, things that, that really things get that me. I wouldn't understand unless someone had pointed it out to me, and then I'm like, oh, yeah. that's right, that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Although the first 15 minutes of every movie, every movie I see with Alyssa, she makes me laugh so much, <laughs> and I hate it because I'm trying to calm down in the movie, and I'm ruining everybody's experience in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> but I'm like, like a new character will come on the screen and I'll. Whisper comments to her. Yeah, I can't think of anything funny right now, but I'm sure that there are. Some. <laughs> um, so the moral of the story is: please don't go watch movies with me because I'm gonna ruin it. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but my <clears throat> sorry to your first experience. I also saw this in theaters the first time um, because while I'm not like I don't personally like love Christopher Nolan like everybody else does. I mean, I don't hate him. I think he's a like, I really trust his directing, and I think he's a really great director. Um, he just has made my favorite movies of all time because I'm a cheesy woman who loves some dumb stuff that other people think is stupid. I, but, you're so valid. Thank you. <coughs> this podcast is for everyone. Everyone! <laughs> but I think I was on a date. Mm, okay. So, which was fine. 2017, yeah, I, was on a, I think I was on a date. And I specifically sat away from everyone. It was like, oh man, two minutes into the movie, like I just started, 
And of course, somebody walks in late, which already pisses me off. I don't mind if you're walking in during the trailers because you are late technically, but if you're walking in when the movie's begun, you are really late. Right. At that point, you're like 25 minutes late. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, why did you even pay to come here? (coughs) When I worked, I used to work for a movie theater and people would come in 20 minutes into the actual runtime of the movie. And I'd be like, you know that why we're like wrapping up selling tickets for that because we would sell tickets half hour after yeah the trailers had stopped yeah which is the stupidest thing I've ever it heard of. It should be when the trailers stop. Yes, we should not be able to sell anymore. Maybe like five minutes in, maybe. Maybe because if somebody's already like the friends already. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah, I get that. But people would be like, yeah, no, that's cool. And I'm like, I don't ever want to be a part of the world and the life that you live. You're missing the setup. The first the 17, whole exposition. The first seventeen minutes of a film is like. 17 Make minutes, or exactly. Break. I, that's what I've been told in classes. Okay. Um, I mean, it, it maybe it's different nowadays because the length of movies is getting longer than they used to. Hmm. <clears throat> but that's where you know if the movie is going to be good or not. That's how I knew that Shrek was going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the first second, Shrek is amazing. <laughs> but anyway, as soon as they started playing <coughs> All Star, I was in. The first. In. But or poop joke was made within the first five minutes, and I was like, "I'm farting in that mud." I'm in. <laughs> I was thinking of what? The slow toothpaste. I'm in. I was thinking of when he ripped the earwax. I'm in. Shut up! I was thinking when he rips the page of the storybook. Yeah, to wipe his butt. Yeah. You guys tears <laughs> Literal actual I gotta put this down. The glasses are coming off. I'm gonna wipe <laughs> Happy oh birthday Shrek, it's today. Eighteen years. Oh my god. <laughs> my like I was saying, my first memory I was in the theater, this this old couple walks in and I'm like, Oh, it's an old couple, whatever, they'll be quiet. They sit right behind me and whoever, I don't remember who I was with at this point. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, it was like over two years ago now. Um, so you guys <clears throat> didn't work out, I'm guessing? No, uh, clearly um, not. Um, because of this film. No I'm kidding. Um, that's a lot, Chris. To for Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have a friend named Chris. Oh. Um, <clears throat> um, so this older couple, this old couple sits behind, right behind. And the theater is like... There's like five other people because it's the end of the run. Okay. It's at the, the worst theater in town. <laughs> so there's it's no probably the theater I worked in. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Because <laughs> I know which one you worked in. My bad. <laughs> um, you weren't there though. Oh. Sat right behind us. Whatever. Not a big deal. The movie itself is a very it's a very visual and audio audio experience. To the point where, like, even my parents were like, I don't like that. I didn't yeah. get it. Well, it was, like, really loud. Yes. And that, I'm sure, was on purpose. But when you're in a crappy theater and it's really loud and you're not sure what's going on, and the per- the people behind you, oh, man, the woman would not stop talking. But she was talking really loud because the movie was really loud, but then wouldn't keep quiet when the moments got quiet. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to maintain this volume throughout the entire film. (laughs) Literally. And I was so peeved that I was like, this completely ruins 
I'm experience. so, so sorry. Uh, mine was not like that at all. My and mom and Brian were so quiet. Yeah. It wasn't until we left the theater that they were like, I mean, I guess it was good. And I was like in tears. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> well, Dunkirk, yeah. let me just tell you, is in my top 10 favorite movies yeah. of all time. Um, it is not in my top 10. But That's fine. You've also seen an ungodly amount of movies. That's true. Um, but I do, I mean, it's on this list this season for a reason. Right. And <laughs> Season for a reason. And <laughs> Season for a reason. It's, it's really well done. Like I said, I trust Christopher Nolan as a director. And to go into the start of our six categories um, with acting... Uh, Kelly Murphy and Tom Hardy are my top two favorite actors. They star. Tom my, Hardy is my top one. My favorite. I think Kelly Murphy. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think that they switch off in my head. I think it depends on if Peaky Blinders puts out a new season. Exactly. Because Peaky Blinders <laughs> is my favorite show. Yes. Kelly and Murphy, I think, is more <clears throat> underrated than Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy has been brought to the light with Inception and all these other mm-hmm. movies he's been in. Um, another Christopher Nolan movie, uh, the, the Batman Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the third one. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I only know because I was about the age when I was like, you know who's amazing in this world? Tom freaking Hardy. Yeah. Um, he's a great actor. Um, I liked it in almost every movie he's been in recently. His whole yeah. face is covered. Yeah. That's how you know he's a good actor. His whole face is covered and yep. you're just like, all right, chill. What was the movie where he was the Reggie Twins? Oh, I know what you're talking about. The Reggie I, Twins? What were they? <coughs> were they the Reggie Twins? I, think, I don't know. Because I made you watch that movie. Yes. Um, oh, goodness. Because Tom Hardy was in it. It was Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy. Oh, yes, that's how... Well, he was in Mad Max, where he doesn't speak at all. I've never seen that. Oh. I've really, really been wanting to watch it, though. Um, that movie you're talking about is Legend. Yes! Yeah. It plays Reggie Cray and Ron Cray. The Cray oh, twins. the Cray twins. One yeah. of them's named Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> the Reggie twins. And the Revenant. Yes. Lawless. <gasps> Warrior Inception. Every movie... That is directed by Christopher Nolan and features Tom Hardy, immediately I'm gonna watch it. Oh, yeah. Well, um, and Killian Murphy, mm-hmm. uh, who's mm-hmm. one of my favorite actors, mm-hmm. um, also in Inception, but um, also in the Batman movies. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was scared. He was the first villain that I ever, mm-hmm. I was like, and I've got nightmares now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was super scary. Yeah, he's very unique, and I think I think he's underrated because he doesn't get big, like a lot of big movies. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he picks them that way. Maybe I was gonna say, I wonder if he's like weeding them out. Yeah, maybe. Um, I like to think that him in. I mean, he's gonna carry that character from Peaky Blinders forever. I hope so because that's just I think he freaking a better. part of him now. <laughs> it's a part of all of us. Uh, there's no way there he isn't because. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite actors. Um, on my acting notes for this episode, I put, um, this is the movie that where I gained respect for Harry Styles. Yes. I, mm-hmm. not a one di- directioner. Uh, I stuttered through that because I'm not sure if that's what they're called. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of, like, boy band pop music. Um, but I watched the movie, and it came out. You know what? He's got something. I'm proud of him, you know, for trying something different, you know, auditioning for Christopher Nolan and assuming he auditioned. And he did because, yeah. oh, fun fact. Um, Love it. <laughs> um, so through the casting process, they looked at 
And you can find all of this stuff on IMDb and on Reddit. That's where I mostly got my information from. Um, they didn't go after him. He yeah. was just in the big batch of auditions. And when he was asked, when um, Christopher Nolan was asked, you know, why him, they said, we've gone through so many people and we don't know. He just, we wanted someone super young. We wanted, for almost everyone, especially like on the beach, they wanted young men mm-hmm. who were very clearly not knowing what they were doing because that was very accurate for the event. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but... Oh, sorry. oh, but they wanted. They said that Harry Styles just had something that everyone didn't. Yeah, he just brought it, and he actually, he really did. He kicked some major booty in this movie. Yeah, and on was that all you had for Harry? I mean, I could get going on Harry all day. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say that I'm a big fan. I mean, I'm listening to his album now, and um, his solo stuff. Um, yeah, his solo stuff. I love his style. Um, his Harry style. So, sorry. So it's really like <laughs> interesting how the connection of you know, I really am into World War Two movies and like his, history, and then you see Harry Styles. It's a weird crossover of the way. Yeah, things. it's like those your, those two parts of your brain yeah. you never thought would ever touch. <laughs> yeah, well, you told sixteen year old me who was super heavy metal and super goth like, oh, you know, you're gonna like Harry Styles a lot one day. Like I would have been like, you're like no, no that's a joke. <laughs> you're joking me. <laughs> Well, and on that note, I also wanted to discuss Fionn Whitehead. Please. Again, who... I was super into Bandersnatch when it came out because I just loved the Black Mirror series. The concept of the movie was amazing. We can never do it on this podcast because there's so many different endings. Yeah. I I, I realistically won't watch it. That's okay. Uh, And I've gone through all of them. Yeah. So... um, That's an event. But they even changed the end of the movie. Yeah. They edited the end of the movie differently. They had cho- they were going to have it end um, at, so with this one perfect shot that they kept in the movie of the plane mm-hmm. being on fire and stuff. Yeah. But then they ended up going back to the train where Tommy and Alex, that's Fionn and Fionn Whitehead and Harry Styles are on the train. Mm-hmm. And it ends with this shot of Fionn Whitehead, and he's just kind of like, he has this look on his face, and it's silent. Mm-hmm. So the clock ticking that we'll talk about here in just a second. I was going to say, I hope we would bring the scene up, because the scene is impactful for me. Yes, so um, they had decided they were going to end with that, because after they, they were done shooting, the camera was still on, mm-hmm. and... I guess um, Christopher, again, IMDb, had said they were going to end it. Um, He was done reading the article out loud, but then he does this thing where he just kind of looks around at everyone, Mm -hmm. and he he processes stuff in his head, Mm -hmm. but it totally reads on his face. Yeah. So they ended up keeping that shot and ending the entire movie on that shot. Really? And that was a Fionn Whitehead choice. Interesting. That he had made. So the acting, um, I said there's very little dialogue, so they really had to work. I, I gave him, in true teacher fashion, an A-plus gold star smiley face. Yes. Yeah, that uh, that to me really speaks a lot about um, acting ability. <clears throat> Film creating in general is being able to take, um, and I mean, pulling back to the silent era in the 20s, um, and I, I, yeah, they had cards in between shots back then to like tell you the dialogue or what's going on we don't do that now 
Um, so movies that really don't have a lot of dialogue uh, impress me when they are impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, I I personally am somebody who loves too much dialogue. I um, do too, yeah. I like to, that's why I feel like you really learn a character's personality uh, where it gives, you know, the actor a chance to explore um, what they're doing and, uh, and how to really emotionally create a character to showcase to people um, and make us believe what they're doing. <clears throat> but, um, like, with other movies, like Mad Max is a similar thing. Um, I was very impressed. I, I don't know what other words to say other than impressed that um, right. I was able to feel so deeply just looking at the character's face. Exactly. Like, all of a sudden, I was invested in these characters. I was locked in with them. Yeah. Just because of the way they looked and the way that they acted. Yeah, I could pro- even probably barely know, like, um, something bad was going to happen. Like, may- like. They show it, maybe, but I probably don't even need to see it. I can just see it by their face. Yeah. Yeah. The next category, mix it up a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the music, because I think we already kind of started to touch on yeah. um, the sound and the way <coughs> it impact, impacts the entire movie and feel, besides my bad experience, but that's all right. It's really ingrained in my memory, though, you know? I can like, tell. I tried so hard to be like, it's okay. She's just older. You know, just be patient. Mm. I got a lot of patience. Mm. Clearly. Well, the music was done by Hans Zimmer. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just kind of me kicking off the music category. Oh, Um, yeah. So, my thoughts on this. uh, I was like... I keep bringing back to Mad Max, but it's because I had similar adrenaline rushes. Where I could not... I did not know what was going to happen next. I did not know who was going to survive. I did not know, and, and this is all based on you know the feeling of the music and the sound effects, kind of just enveloping <clears throat> your senses. Well, and the same thing happened in Inception. Yeah, not as much for me. No, I agree. I think that it started in Inception, and yeah. then I think so. Like that to me is a Christopher Nolan movie. Is where it's yeah. all of your senses. And you're experiencing the movie, and there isn't a whole lot of plot. Like, there is plot, obviously, Mm -hmm. but the plot... Sorry, so there is plot, obviously, but everything else, every other aspect of the movie is just as important as the plot. That, to me, is if someone was like, what's Christopher Nolan like as a director? That was what I would tell them. Yeah. And And this movie follows that. Yeah, and I, I really, really think that... It is really difficult to get all of these categories well done yeah. in one movie. And that's why I really respect Christopher Nolan, even if um, he hasn't ever done my favorite movies. You know, the, mm-hmm. the storyline, just because the storyline isn't my personal, oh, I'm really excited about what's going on. It doesn't mean that the movie isn't good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's where a lot of people get caught up on this movie, where they're like, mm-hmm. you know, it just wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Is they're like, well, the plot wasn't great. Well, that's because it's devastating. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, it's not, it's not, I think this is an example where filmmaking is not necessarily an escapism. Right. Because Nobody you, wants you to don't want to go there. No. <laughs> um, while I do think it's important that we're making these films to remind ourselves why we go back there and why we're discussing it, mm-hmm. because, I mean, <clears throat> don't want to forget history, y'all. Don't do it. Yeah, that, I think that's I, one of the worst things we can do. Uh, 
in the very, very terribly misquoted um, Alan Resnais, Resnais um, who did a lot of um, documentaries. He did one about World War II, the Holocaust, um, called Night and Fog, where he films a um, Holocaust or a, um, a concentration camp, um, like right after the war. Mm. And it's a reminder. The whole film is just, it's like 30 minutes. It's a reminder of do not forget. Do not repeat the past. Right. See what this is doing. Recognize what these people are doing and how to stop it before it gets to this point. Until this happens again. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like, there's like a pile of hair up to the ceiling. Jesus I Christ. mean, it's, yeah. That's one of those movies that I think everybody should be required to watch. But, um, yeah, I, and I, that's why I think these films are... are are so important um, in which even just the music really puts you like into it mm -hmm. and and I mean I have no problem letting myself get enveloped into a movie and feel like I'm really there but I feel like this one really is like you're either in it or you're not right there's no way but there's no like half ass. half paying attention yeah right. watching this there's there were even times where like if you're looking at my note sheet right now Comparing it to, egg. don't look, Brie. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the listeners. Um, so, listeners, if you could see my note sheet right now and compare it to last week's or the first episodes, um, I filled up the entire note sheet for those first two. This one, I truly, half of the writing on my note sheet is stuff that I wrote down after yeah. the movie ended because I was so worked up yeah. while the movie was going. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have any specific um, scenes written down because I, I couldn't bring myself to take my eyes off the screen. Right, and um, the music was actually again, like I enjoyed this movie so much that I went and I binged out on like mm -hmm. IMDb. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, one thing that they wanted to do with the music, um, the music was originally written as one long piece. Oh, wow. And then, and it was supposed to be playing throughout the entire movie. Okay. It was supposed to be... I would have liked that. I know. I'm upset that it wasn't like that. Um, but, so what ended up happening was it was cut up into pieces, right? Mm-hmm. But the one thing that's stringing them all together is that clock ticking. Is it really? Yep. And the clock ticking doesn't end... It's in there, and there were certain parts after I read that little tidbit mm -hmm. where I was like, that's not true. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why. I was like, you liar! You so liar. I started watching it again, and I turned my TV up mm -hmm. when there wasn't any music. Mm -hmm. It is. It's, it's clock. Yep. See, to me, the thing that I remember that connects them is that that um, I think it's a plane sound. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because that, to me, is the sound that stood out because my ears do not like that sound. Yeah. So it felt like it was zooming past my head. It was always head, there, yeah. And I, and I didn't like that, but... Well, and the clock ticking um, ends mm -hmm. um, when Alex and Tommy are safe on the train. Oh. Once they're on the train, it ends. Okay, yeah. And then the rest of the movie, you're like, ooh, right? <laughs> because you're like, where'd it go? Yeah. But um, it made me, the whole time, because the first scene that you see or there are the title cards that say like the mole one week mm -hmm. I wrote them down uh, the sea one day the air one hour and then with the clock ticking you're constantly thinking oh my god how long have they been out here yeah. waiting 
how long are they going to be out there waiting? How much longer do they have before the Germans get them? Yeah. Um, t- for me, because I did know what Dunkirk was going in. Um, See, and I was like, are they okay? Yeah. <laughs> What's going to Right, happen? right. <laughs> yeah. Um, the way they did the title cards with uh, the time or whatever um, confused me a little. But then you have to remember that it's this like week long period. Yeah. And that was one thing that they struggled with. Yeah. In like the editing and the cinematography department. Yeah, because I was like, um, good transition. Um <laughs> so within the editing and cinematography, um that was the only bit that I was like, okay. It was like choppy almost and you were like not choppy, that was terrible. Please don't put that in there. So <laughs> how about if you just finish your thought? Okay. Um I felt it was um, inconsistent in a way where I felt like they were trying to confuse me. And I think maybe one more watch looking out for those specific timelines of what... Because the error was obvious. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, one hour was not obvious for me. What day is it? What do you mean which hour? That, for me, is, like, I want to know where we are in the process of getting saved. And I feel like they were going back and forth, um, which makes great, like, movie making in terms of, like, oh, what's going to happen? But for me, when you're doing an event like this, I kind of want to know. And see, I didn't have that issue because I didn't know. Yeah. So that's interesting. Well, and Christopher Nolan, this is the first movie that he actually wrote. Sorry, are you listening? <laughs> Christopher Nolan, sorry, are you listening? What? <laughs> the way you said Christopher Nolan, then you pause. Christopher like, Nolan, this is about you. <laughs> this is his first um, movie that he's actually directed that he wrote. Okay. Yeah, so he wrote the whole thing. That's right. And the way, according, again, to IMDb, I don't want to get called out for plagiarizing, so it's on IMDb, y'all. Um, These are all facts we've Googled. And on Reddit. So, <laughs> ha. <laughs> um, That's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know what's good? <laughs> That's, That's just my opinion. <laughs> um, so Christopher Nolan wrote the storylines um, in a way the audience could almost braid them together. Yeah. So that <clears throat> one... As one storyline is peaking, one is just starting to build up, Mm -hmm. and one is coming off the peak. Well, that makes sense in terms of, like, Mm -hmm. real life. Well, and if you watch it, because I read the IMDb before I started watching it, Mm -hmm. so then I could look out for those certain things. Yeah. Um, So next time anyone is watching this, Mm -hmm. kind of try and figure out where the storyline that you're watching right then and there all right, is this peaking? Is it coming off the high? Or yeah. is it just starting to build up? Because once you start seeing that, almost like in an arc, you really do see that. And um, and it's so interesting the way that he did that. And then the music also does that. So yeah. the music does that thing where... Um, I saw a video about this on Facebook once, so mm-hmm. clearly I'm educated on it. Of course. Um, thank you. Um, where there's almost like it's... an audible illusions of like an optical <laughs> so it's like a, I, I know exactly what I mean yeah. yeah so it's um it's this trick that people mm. use um 
where it sounds like the music is getting higher and higher and mm-hmm. higher to where you're starting to get uncomfortable like as a human being hearing it. Yeah. But really they're just cycling through these notes that it gives you like the illusion that it's going higher infinitely, yeah. but it's really just replaying the same note over okay. and over. <coughs> so if you're listening to the movie to the <clears throat> score as these awful horrible so like when the boat's filling up with water when they're yeah. under, when they're in the yes. ship yes oh my god yeah, that whole scene messed me up yep i've got it on here as um when the boys were going into the boat when mm-hmm. they were getting and then they shut the door i remember in the theater grabbing my mom on my left and my dad on my right and going oh hell no those idiots <laughs> i was like no oh, yeah, no 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 no, no. But anyway, um, so they're looping the music yeah. Um, so that then it feels like it's reaching this impossible note, Yeah. but it's not. No. And But it, it tricks your brain to where you're really uncomfortable. Because that was The tricked. ticking is super loud, and you are, you're like, every muscle in your body is then like tensed up, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, I was tricked then, for yep, sure. For sure. Because that, I mean, I'm very sensitive to noises. Uh-huh. Um, I don't like loud noises, and I don't, <laughs> um, I don't know why, but besides the obvious, <laughs> um, but, like, when I go to movies and has stuff like that, that puts me on the edge of my seat, that makes my adrenaline go, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> well, this is kind of, like, the last tidbit that I have, um, yeah. is that Christopher Nolan actually watched Saving Private Ryan, mm-hmm. um, a lot for this film. Really? And, yeah, and he wanted. What not to do. What? <laughs> I will take you across this art studio. Um, so he, well, he was watching it and he said, I want the same um, exact, I want the same tension that this movie has. This movie has tension and uh-huh. I want that because that was so much of what was going on at the time. But I don't want that same type of tension. So oh, he yeah. created it through these weird things that make you super tense, like as a human, because you're hearing yeah. all these cues and you're seeing things and you're like, no! Well, it's almost trying to put you in a situation of you don't know what you're, what's going on. Yep. You're terrified. There are noises coming from places that you don't know. If Doing good unnatural or bad. things. Doing, yeah. You know. There's bombs. There's you know planes. And that's exactly what yeah. he did. And boy, did he succeed? He succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. A plus gold star smiley face. <laughs> it was. Um, I mean. This one affect, affects me more than Saving Private Ryan did. I agree. The first 30 minutes of Saving Private Ryan is similar for me. <laughs> yes. Um, but the rest of it isn't similar. Right. Um, so I see exactly what you mean by there's different types of tension. Right. And if Saving Private Ryan was anything, it followed that same huge, tall arc. Yeah. And then it went down, you know, and then the rest yeah. of the movie is just down. <laughs> well, I feel like the Saving Private Ryan, to me, the type of tension it was like, it's like telling a sad story. Yeah, versus this versus was like every being sense, immersed in that sad right, story. You're in the sad story. Yeah. And you want nothing but to claw your way out. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Um, so how did you feel about the... Any last notes about cinematography or editing? Um, yeah. Uh, I literally just compliment, you know, Christopher Nolan. Um, uh, I think of cinematography... Um, is always well done. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a movie of his where the shot isn't amazing. Like, everything is so thought through and artistic. Um, he comes up a lot on, on like, Tumblr, uh-huh. as, where it's, like, 
really pretty shots from movies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot of, like, Inception or yeah. Dunkirk. And for a reason. I mean, it's it's really um, engrossing to yeah. look at. Yeah. Like, it's really, like, you don't want to look away. And, I mean, specifically with, like, the plane scenes interest me a lot. Um, the scene with the burning plane and yeah. Tom Hardy in the plane. Mm-hmm. Um that was in, when it was on the beach and, and he's getting taken away. Yeah. That scene was very confusing for me. Um, sometimes I wish they had ended it there. Right. And, and a I'm lot of like, people yeah. feel that way. Yeah. Because, again, like when I got onto Reddit, um, a lot of people have an issue with the way that it ended, mm-hmm. thinking that it should have, and it was supposed to end right there. That yeah. was how the movie was written. Yeah. But then, again, when they were filming it, Tommy had that private moment where he... Um, again, fans were kind of just like, well, think about it. He's a changed person now. He's a soldier, and he knows he's not done, and all these different things. But we never really know as viewers. Yeah. But it ended with him. And I don't know if I agree with that choice per se, but I like it. Well, for <laughs> me, for me, it was kind of nice, um, which is what I wish would have, same time Ryan would have had, was a breathing moment. Yes, where it's, you kind of got a chance to go, <sighs> yeah, like like you were holding your breath through the whole movie. Yeah, like yes. I was tense in my abs the whole time. I have a six pack now, you guys. <laughs> and and you just kind of see, okay, somebody I'm seeing is fine. Se- seems to be relatively safe, even right. if where they're going it means that they're going to go back. Right well, that's to why war. I think that that's why they had the clock ticking stop right then and there. Yeah, because for a second they got to freaking breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, in a sense, I like that they kept that. I would have been yeah. okay if they had ended it at the I'm plane scene. Yeah. I still paid money, and I'd still pay money to see it again. Yeah, <laughs> and I, yeah, and I think that because the whole movie was so well done, the ending could be, you know, whatever it wanted to be. Um, and then for also for editing, uh, the coloring. This is the difference. <coughs> Another difference I found with Saving Private Ryan and Dunkirk. Um, not to compare them, but now that you've told me that he watched, Christopher Nolan watched it, it makes a lot of sense why I keep comparing them. Um, the coloring, Saving Private Ryan did not like the coloring. Um, it was very bright to me, oversaturated. Uh, I didn't find, well, now that I think about it, it's not that it wasn't realistic, because it very well could have been realistic, if you think about it. Um, middle of the day, I mean, the sun's burning. That makes sense. It would be saturated. It would be pretty bright. Yeah. And then the other hand, I think about Dunkirk, and I'm like, it's very dreary. Like, you go in, and you know, some, like, the whole thing is going to be horrific. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, to me, in my head, that's realistic, because then I'm like, oh, that means something's going to be bad, and this is going to be terrible. Terrible things can happen on sunny days. Mm-hmm. So that's just the artistic film person in me going oh well this cue this coloring cue makes this film better because I'm more engrossed in it it doesn't it pulls me in which I think is very clever of people making these movies it's pulling me in making me feel it's really realistic versus in Saving Private Ryan I'm like that wouldn't happen because it doesn't look like it'd be bad day bad thing happening on a bad day (laughs) like right of course there's good sunny beautiful days and there's Bad but, stuff happening. <laughs> right. But it makes it almost <coughs> easier to get immersed. Yes. Yeah. Which is why I like, mm-hmm. I would probably like Dunkirk better. I already said that this is going to be my last tidbit, but this is my last tidbit. <laughs> um, fun fact. 
So, according to IMDb, it says the title Dunkirk is divided into three segmented colors. Mm -hmm. Sky blue, dark blue, and white. Um, referring to the um, the three different plots of the, the air, the sea, and the land. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. Yep. Interesting. I, I really love when... That's because I. That's totally me. I'm like everything has to can have a reason, a connection, mm -hmm. even if it's just the coloring of something that's for an advertisement. Like everything needs to be wholeheartedly be this mm -hmm. this engulfed art piece. Well, and as someone who's just there, kind of just to, to be entertained, mm -hmm. I really appreciate it more than because it's like, oh wow, it was really thought. There was a lot of mm -hmm. thought put into it, and it was. To represent the movie, not to trick someone into seeing it, you mm -hmm. know? Well, and that's, and I think... It was like a gimmick. Right, and maybe some, you know, big film uh, or movie, uh, like, series are like that. Uh -huh. Like, you know, some superhero ones we know. I'm not sure because I don't know the superhero behind the scenes as other things. Right. But when it comes to the more um, specific artistic ones like Dunkirk... Um, or artistic directors in general, um, I really think people forget <laughs> and don't respect when they're criticizing these movies how much work and, right. and they that go into it, and they think that oh, it's just you know you write the movie, you make the movie, and it's no. everything is in it for a reason, and everything uh, symbolizes something. This is where an English teacher would love because the colors represent things, um, right? Whereas not necessarily they would in books all the time. Yeah. Um, um, but on that note, um, I just have a couple more things to say about the story, and then we're going to rate our... Well, after we do costumes. Oh, yeah. I didn't write anything for costumes. I said no significant notes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wrote very real. I also wrote that. <laughs> uh, like, I always... Whenever I think of the costumes, I always think of the scene uh, with all the boys in the boat and the helmets, and yes. they're all looking up. I always think of that, too. Yeah. And to all me, their helmets. If, if I'm not noticing the costumes... They're doing a good job. They're doing a good job, especially with films like this. When yeah. It, if it's a period piece and they're, I don't know, like Carol or Pride and Prejudice or like films that you're like, I'm going to notice the costumes because right. they're interesting. Uh -huh. um, or like Moulin Rouge or whatever. I always think of like Marie Antoinette. Yes. That's, your, that's an aesthetic that, is that my, they're going for. Yes. They're specifically wanting you to look at the costumes. Versus Dunkirk, it's like, it's I want to look at everything except for that. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. Right. This is the war gear. And right. This is the period. And it's, as long as it fits the period and it doesn't stand out to me, great, <laughs> awesome. Right. Um, like I said before, I can only tell when war gear is really, really bad. Right. Yay. <laughs> um, and then for the story, huh, so... I've already talked about, I, I wrote this down, why this felt more real than Saving Private Ryan. I already said why. Um, the coloring and um, the uh, how immersed you can be throughout the whole thing mm -hmm. and how it felt like you were there versus hearing a sad story. Yeah. Um, I have just two comments. Um, I don't think that most of Killian Murphy's storyline was necessary. Um, really? Yeah. I see, I totally disagree. See, I really think that... Um, I think it was good. So, here's why I don't think it was necessary. Um, 
Uh, well, I thought that the whole part of them like finding him and help help rescuing him uh-huh. and locking him in the ro- like the room or whatever was fine. Like I think that added to it because I I'm pretty sure he was a German soldier, right? No. That's what confuses me. Is nope. because they no. don't like him. No, they they do. Not really. No, he's just aggressive as heck. Um, well, then that confuses me incredibly more. Because, okay, so this is how I feel about it, is they pull him out of the water, he's freaked out. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 we have to go back, we have to go back. Like, we cannot go to, to Dunkirk, you're going to die. Yeah. You old man. And <laughs> these two children. Yeah. Literally. Because I thought that they were going to, like, turn him in. That's what made me th- think that he was a German no, soldier. No, yeah, no, no. That was not clear at all. Oh, I totally disagree. <laughs> um, so It was not clear. Because they're like, well, what are we going to do with him? Like, the kid asks. Yeah. And he's like, he's just shell-shocked. It's, he just went down. He's freaking out. Yeah. His ship sank or whatever. Yeah. Um, or his plane. Whatever. He was in the water. Yeah. Um, And he was not a fan, so they pulled him out, and he was just freaking out, but the dad was like, you know what, we're going to get him back to shore after we get these people. And Killian Murphy was like, absolutely not. Um, And they were like, nope, we have to go do this, and you're coming with us. Right, and, like, that is all fine, whatever. I, I think... Oh, and then he freaked out and then pushed that kid down the stairs, and then he... Died. <laughs> yeah, that's the part I found unnecessary. The, no. The kid dying. Nope. I oh, loved so it. So unnecessary. I loved it. I found it added nothing to the story. I liked it. <coughs> I think that was, if anything, kind of reaching out to the people who were like, there's no plot. Well, there oh, was a really? little bit of one. Because oh. <laughs> that was the one part. <clears throat> but maybe I felt like that was a cop out then. Maybe. I also thought it was not. I don't know. I thought it was, like, an extra excitement for me. Because yeah. I think that it made... I, I, It made me focus more on Killian Murphy's, Murphy's character because... Mm-hmm. It made me focus more on Killian Murphy's, Murphy's character because it suddenly snapped him out of it almost. He was like... <gasps> yeah. And then it showed that he isn't crazy and that he does have compassion because then he's asking throughout the movie, is the boy okay? And the, the kid's like, no, he's not okay, actually. And then later he's like, is he going to be okay? And the kid's already dead at this point. Well, and, and yeah, like, and he's like, yeah, he's fine. Mm-hmm. But he's not. Yeah. Yeah, because he's dead. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, Maybe I'm just too soft for Killian Murphy. I think that's the thing is I'm so sympathetic to Killian Murphy. Yeah. I'm like, he's in it? Well, then it's perfect. It has to be amazing. <laughs> it's in perfect. You can't do anything wrong. Well, yeah. and I thought that when I, the first time I saw that movie, uh, the first time I saw Dunkirk, I was so caught off guard yeah. by just this almost like random civilian death because I was prepped for death and dying to happen mm. with soldiers. Mm-hmm. But well, the fact that, that, yeah. Right, and it kind of caught me out of nowhere. And when the kid, okay. Real tears were shed. Oh yeah! When I first saw this movie, 100%. when he goes, I'm I can't see. I was like, Oh, oh yeah! No! Oh no! I was in tears. This second time that I watched it, or this most recent time that I watched it, I kept it together. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> I didn't cry until the very end. So proud. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah. when he suddenly his face changes, and he goes, I can't. I can't see. I've lost my vision, or whatever. I'm like, 
That was painful. And maybe was, I just was uh, upset that this nice kid had to die, and I and I, I didn't want that to happen, and then I didn't want it to be by my soft boy's hands. See, and I love a villain. So if yeah. if and this I don't think nice guy villain, accidentally killed someone, I don't know. I think that it really showed that they were like, we're not going to put one more death on this guy's hands because he's yeah. clearly in a spot and he's coming back from such an awful war. He's already seen so much, clearly. He's all sorts of messed up in his well, little actions. And I don't think that he... Uh, I, don't, I think the whole point of it is that like people are making decisions um, that are going to mess them up. But the ha- decisions have to be made, or accidents are going to happen yes. because of war, and and that's you put your life. I mean, there is risk when you when you decide, oh, I'm a civilian, I'm going to go out and help. Cause well, and yeah, he like jumped on. He was like, I'm going to. Yeah, and he's and like, then he dies from it. Yep. That yeah. one, it wasn't something to mess with. It wasn't for kids just to run out and do. Yeah, and I mean that that's commentary on right. signing up. For, right for war. Like for I'm gonna army. go out there and fight for my country, but but should you? Some people really are able to, and some people are have got you know what they need to do. That I definitely don't. But <laughs> I know I I thought about that a lot with Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Where I was like, oh my god, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. Could I go out and do the Tom Hanks job? No. Yeah. Right. No. Right. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, okay, so maybe I'll let it... I'm letting off of it a little bit. Thank you. Um, because I'm I think, so I th- here for it. Well, I think you're right that I am just a little... I think we're both so obsessed I, with killing yeah. Murphy. Murphy. Gotta okay. check each other. Right, I think that I am... I buy into everything that he does. Me too. And <laughs> Well, yeah. and speaking of favorites, Tom Hardy, through that whole thing, I don't know what about him in this movie was just like very interesting mm-hmm. and he like didn't really speak any words him, he and, him, he had him and Jack because Jack Loudon yeah, his character Collins. is the one that went down yeah, yeah. and he was trapped in the cockpit yeah, and, <gasps> and the water him. was oh my god the water yeah. was in, okay I remember again first time I watched that that was my <laughs> that was hard. Yeah, I was like no yeah. no and then he got the gun Mm-hmm. To break through the glass, my mom and I looked at each other. And we were like, "Oh my god, he's gonna shoot himself!" Yeah, that same. I was like, and then what? he was. I know. I was no, you're like, dead. Whoa, whoa, whoa! But yeah. then again, I always say, if I'm ever in a spot like that, mm-hmm. I'm off. Yeah, yeah. That's be the first thing I do, and I don't know if that makes me like a coward, but like I've always said, if the zombie apocalypse happens, you don't want to suffer. I am going to just. Yep, I'm out. Oh, I'm out. day one. <laughs> day one. Anyway, <laughs> um, so if War of I'm the Worlds, if War of the Worlds ever happens, where it's like there's some scary broadcast that happens and makes everyone think it's something, the Orson world, Wells. I am gonna be one of those people that shows up on the news the next day. A local woman jumped off of her roof after <laughs> thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a note. Thanks, Orson Wells. <laughs> This is all your fault. Right. My um. dog is now in charge of my house. <laughs> He's the man. <laughs> all right. So now we're going to go to our rating segment. Woo-hoo. Um. Welcome to the rating segment. <laughs> we're going to rate this movie based on some stuff that we made up. Okay. Um, so our ratings. 
uh, system, you can either, our recommendation for you to watch it in a theater, um, buy it, rent it, or don't even bother because it's irresponsible watching of you. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, well, I think you already know what I put it as. Yeah. Um, I, well, I think so, our I think our audience knows because you've hinted at it many times. Oh shoot! I, I would I would I've seen it in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it helps, I didn't just circle theater. I circled it for at least an hour. <laughs> I went through two pencils circling the words theater. But let me just give you a hot take on this because oh, I yes. thought so. I have never seen this movie not in a theater. Oh, except for when I rewatched it. Yeah, for this podcast. Um. And I was very upset sitting down to watch it. I was like, this is going to be the worst movie ever. Yeah, I'll bet you it's theater. all trash because <laughs> I'm, I have to deal with just the plot at this point because I do have a little house and a little TV and a little yeah. dog and little speakers and little dog barks. <laughs> I thought I wasn't going to be able to be immersed. <coughs> yeah. Completely wrong. I was still immersed. <laughs> Amazing movie. Yeah. I would watch it i would buy it i would rent it i just want to hand christopher nolan mom all of my savings yes the end i don't think he needs it but (laughs) you're right i need it more yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna make a bad joke but never mind you're fine Um, i also i also would see this in the theater i agree i think the uh experience of um immersing yourself is better in a theater it's much easier, that's for sure, to get completely yeah. lost in it. Well, especially since my first theater experience of it was terrible, and then I had to watch it on my laptop. Not really a good situation going on there. You had, like... She was, like, asking the guy next to her to explain what was going on. And I was like, there's no dialogue, just watch! Like... <laughs> He's watching it right next to you. Yeah. He knows probably just as much as you do. And he's like trying to be quiet, but she's like yelling. I was like, Brian, you might as well just yell at this point. I was being so patient. There was one point where I was like, wow, I wish this theater was quieter. Because I was done. I was so done. You could probably imagine me doing that too. <laughs> so passive aggressively and loud. I'm gonna pee. Stop. <laughs> okay. Oh man. And then I have one more thing to add. Please. Um, before we wrap up here, I thought about it because when we were making this list, I was trying to figure out if I wanted to watch uh, Dunkirk or The Darkest Hour for this uh, episode because similar top or same topic. But and for the people at home, what is the darkest hour? The darkest hour because I get it confused with a lot of other. That's movies. okay. Um, I actually saw it with you. Yep. The darkest hour is about Winston Churchill and how he becomes prime minister and handles the Dunkirk situation. Um, he, wait, hold on. He handled the situation in that movie. Yeah, that was like the second half. Oh. Because remember they. <coughs> it, I haven't seen it since you and I watched. Well, that's it. when the king visits him in his home, and he's like telling him how he supports him and they like make a decision together okay never mind no no i'm listening yeah, i'm like the oh king with the speech impediment oh yes <laughs> um another good movie king's speech yeah it is but um so that movie which i think is really good i've seen it multiple times um i i feel like it wasn't in the spirit of how we were going about this season mainly because um it doesn't focus 
it just focuses on the one person. Yeah. You know, and I wanted it to be this more... focuses on over four hundred thousand persons. More of understanding what war was like. Yeah. What happened in different events, or um, I mean, and you could say something similar about Casablanca, but I feel like Casablanca still gives you the experience of, uh, but more so of how regular people were dealing with war in other countries. So that for me was like my okay with the Casablanca other other than being like the second best movie ever made. Um, but um, and, you know, I'm not 100% happy with Gary Oldman so anymore. So and he played Winston Churchill. Right. Yeah. Gary Oldman is the guy from Batman. <laughs> yes. Commissioner Gordon. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That was really sad. That this is the only thing I remember Gary Oldman as. Okay. He's in uh, He's in Harry Potter, too, right? Yeah, he played Sirius. Did he? Yeah, Sirius Black. Wow. I know, right? That's seriously right? the coolest thing ever in he, all day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's a really good actor, but yeah, whatever. Controversial, but whatever. Um, I mean, not whatever. But you is know he what canceled? He Wait, won the Oscar for Best Oscar. For uh, best Oscar. For best actor. <laughs> the best Oscar goes to this man. It's a bronze statue of this man. Uh, he, um, he, like, beat his ex-wife. Yeah. And canceled. So, yeah. A bit canceled, I'd say. So, that was also... That yeah. I was just wondering. Yeah, yeah. That was also a big factor of why I decided to do Dunkirk. Um, mm. And I think Dunkirk is a very uh, artistic movie, and I felt... Um, it would be a good prelude to best years of our lives because we're going to go our next episode on this season is going to be um, the best years of our lives um, which is made by William Wyler uh, he it, it's, it's more of the experience of what happens right after the war when the soldiers come home and they have to readjust and so um I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Alyssa. And, I have lots. Um, I'm excited, and it'll be a, definitely a change of pace to Dunkirk. Right. But, um, you know, thank you for tuning in. Watch responsibly. I'm Brie Lennon. And I'm Alyssa O'Loughlin. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Look up Watch Responsibly. That's us. Um, <laughs> you can also, if you have any bright ideas or requests or recommendations for movies or series or seasons that we should do, um, we are trying to think ahead for once, um, and plan out our future seasons. Um, so if you've got a great idea, you should send us an email, um, or if you have any feedback, um, Send us an email to watchresponsiblypodcast at gmail.com. Um, or go comment on our Facebook page. because Yes, please. We love that as well. Yep. Um, and we'll see you next time on episode four for the best years of our lives. And thank you for watching responsibly. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and every episode. <laughs>